How's it going, you'll hear it, listeners? This is Caleb Kirby. I'm here with another episode of the Run It Back series. All right, so today's best of is going to be centered around learning. Um, I wanted to make this one more of a philosophical approach, a little bit overall, you know? Um, I think that as musicians, a lot of times getting better at your instrument has a lot to do with a philosophy that allows you to become a better version of yourself every day. And that doesn't mean like there's some easy trick, you know, to getting into what you're working on. That doesn't mean like that you're just naturally gifted at anything. This just means that you've got a goal in mind. You've got a mindset that you want to accomplish. And the only way to get there is just incremental a little bit every day. And that's just creating a really cool routine. Um, so this first clip is um, actually not, <laughs> it's not about learning. It's about the myths of learning or the myths of being good at music. And this first clip is centered around how talent being a, or a, examining exactly what it is and how maybe it's not everything that you need in terms of development, especially in something like music. What's uh, what's number one? Okay, number one, talent is the most important. I don't even know what talent is anymore. Can I be <laughs> honest about that? Like, to me, talent is a combination of personality traits that make you good at learning stuff. Yeah, but I think if, like, think about your kids, like, and you've said different things. They're talented in this, he's talented, she's whatever. So I think at the younger age, and maybe that's why you, in terms of music, you've been doing this so long, you disassociate really with the talent. But I do think that it's more um, applicable at a, at a, in an inexperienced or younger age. But right? don't you think it's more just a combination of, okay, I might have a couple of physical characteristics, big hands or good ears or whatever yeah. that help me play music but more it's just that i was super interested in it than anything i was just so curious about it you yeah. know what i mean i think that's what talent passion really is. yeah nature versus nurture passion versus versus innate thing i mean it always you always think about like the you know the seven footer that really doesn't care about basketball or isn't that interested in it but they're always told oh you should play you should play and then they fizzle out if they don't have a passion also so they have a physical talent yeah um you know, for for it, but they don't necessarily have. If you don't have the passion combined, it's very difficult to excel at it. And then being an artist, you have to have like I think talent can be confidence or vision or the confidence to put your vision out there in the yep. way that you want it, uncompromisingly. You know, yep. I, I don't know. Talent is such a tricky word for me. And but... I also think that talent, when it comes to music, and you know, I haven't really, I, I, I'm not qualified to speak on other areas if you talk about scholastic or mathematics or athletic or intellectual i mean there's so many different things that people talk about she's really talented at that she's you know what does that actually mean so we're just talking about music i would say that we underestimate both ourselves and others innate musical talent in For this sure. world yeah and we overestimate the important we overestimate a great musician's innate talent actually yeah i think and i think part of that is because there's a lot of things from when we're born i, I think we're all born with way more musical talent than the world gives us credit for yeah so what happens is very quickly a lot of that is stamped out um, ways that that's stamped out parents saying oh we're not talented in our family at we're music. not musical we're not and so the kid yeah, hears yeah. that and it's like okay that's not me then yeah. um and then also just not being exposed to a high quality of great 
organic music. And I don't mean great going to the symphony. I'm just talking about, you know, good music that, yeah. that people are passionate about and that they enjoy as part of the flow of their life. I mean, people that are like, I grew up as a talented chef. I, I bet they grew up in a household where one or both of their parents or their grandmother, whoever was around. Cooking was valued. Cooking was valued. Cooking was connected with love and sure. family and For it sure. tasted good and all these things. So I think very much so with music when you grow up in that situation, because people are always telling me, oh, you're you're so talented, and then I'm, and then like, oh, your parents were music. Oh, that's what did that is more about uh, nurture. Wait, which is nurturing? Nurturing, nurturing, the right. nature. It's not like nature. I mean, you have very talented musical parents, but it's not like that gene. There's like a music gene that they passed on to you. I mean, maybe some physical a- there attributes. Is some of that. I just think it's. But way don't you think less more that music nur- was exactly. filling your household? My my parents. My exactly. dad is an amateur guitarist. My yep. mom is not a musician at all. But there was such passion for music in our house, and still is. My parents go to more concerts than I do. Yeah, you know what I mean. That uh, it was it was very clear that it was something special and know? important and important. important right. Yeah. And I think that the importance, so the value of it, and the passion. If you talk about value, passion, and 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 talent, and then there's other elements too. But even of those, I would say talent is the least totally important. Totally agree. And in fact, the one we're going to talk about next, it can work against it. But I mean. You know, I would just encourage everybody to to even compare it to some other things like and I'm trying to think of what would be I don't know, like you know, even in like athletics is very it's very hard. Like you could say, okay, like a, to be a high jumper, you're talented if you have a certain speed, you know, muscle speed and height or and, and you know, you fit within these parameters. But even those things have exceptions when you have a big passion. So it's I, I would be very careful to ever say somebody has you know, success at something because certainly not solely because of their talent, but in music, even more so because we talk about different instruments and we'll say like, well, you know, such and such has big hands and they're strong. So they're a great bass player. And and we can certainly see that's the case with many musicians, but then there's an outlier. Yeah. That is one of the most, so Alicia De La Rocha, I don't know if you've ever heard her, is one of my favorite classical pianists, because I've yeah, heard her yeah. live a bunch of times here. She's teeny, her hands are teeny and all these things, and I know with piano, it's not always you have to be huge or whatever, but a lot of times it'd be like, well, you have you have physical attributes. She doesn't sound have. teeny. She does not sound teeny at all, and and so I mean, you know, talent is overrated, so that's all we're saying. I think that was actually a Malcolm Gladwell book. <laughs> it was. <laughs> talent, right. talent is overrated. Cool, great stuff. Um, I love how they dive into that topic and really like, you know, they're not, I feel like we're not like saying that, oh, it's worthless to be talented, but really what we're saying is like the passion behind what you want to do has to be there. All right. So moving on, um, let's actually get into something that I think is extremely helpful in terms of learning and in terms of, uh, development and, uh, you know, just kind of traversing this little plane we call music in life. Uh, this next one's about the virtue of patience. So I think that there's a, this is just a great clip because, you know, especially as uh, lifelong learners in some, you know, in this kind of day and age, a lot of us really expect to get good at things fast. And if we're not good at things, we can just say that like, oh, I just, it's not for me or whatever. But this next uh, clip is really good because it goes into depth about how having the patience to really apply yourself towards a certain subject. So I hope you find some value. I think this is, uh, this is almost like one this could be like tied for one as yeah. far as the importance of actually being able to learn something like yeah. jazz piano um, and to be able to grow at any stage of your growth yeah. requires this. This is patience. Yes. And it's so important to remember that if we're really in it, if we really love music, if we really want to learn more and we really want to grow. If we want to have that growth, 
we have to develop a sense of patience. We have to develop the sense that we don't have to practice everything at one session, that we don't have to become uh, Chick Corea or Brad Meldow by next week, that we have the rest of our lives to work on this, to fall in love with the process, to realize that the results are not as important as putting in the work. Yeah, and I think that this area of patience is something that really ties together the jazz world and the medical world. Like when when doctors and you medical... You always go to the, the surgeon. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Well, no, but when a good surgeon or a medical facility focuses on the patients instead of just on the doctors and the nurses, how much better does that operation... No? It's not that I'm kind not, of patient. It's not that kind. Did it's, I read that wrong? Oh, patients, this patience. kind. I should have been more patient. Wow. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, this, this is truly... Um, <laughs> Well, it comes back to the thing of like, you know, you mentioned, you know, we can't be we, we it's not even that we can't be Chick Corea tomorrow. Like if we could become Chick, if we could give you a secret jump start to becoming Chick Corea in one day. Yeah. What what does that mean about Chick Corea? It's and worthless. Like, exactly. It's absolutely worthless. So like not only be patient, but like revel in it and like enjoy the journey. That's right. You know, and first of all, we're not even asking for that much patience with this seven weeks. Come on. Yeah. For this course. Yeah. (laughs) But but even if you don't have it in seven weeks, realize that it's like it's not a it's not a a sprint. It's a marathon. Yeah. Right. And but but the journey of of learning the music and we talked to so many people that so fun for us to, to see people as they go through our courses that if you kind of put on the right mindset from the beginning, you can have a lot of fun as you move through this patiently. Totally. You know, if you try to rush through, it's not as fun because this is a, I mean, this is a deep, valuable kind of skill that you're developing and you don't want, you don't want to, even if you could rush through it, why would you do that? Yeah. I hope at the end of seven weeks for this course that people aren't, you know, jazz piano masters, but that they've sort of laid the foundation for those skills that can help them for the rest of their lives in in learning this great. And then how are they going to do that? That takes us to number three. Okay, coming right up is this next clip called Deadlines. Um, I chose this one because I have found it extremely helpful in my own journey with learning music and especially with writing tunes uh, for me. But uh, in this one, uh, Peter and Adam really get into talking about how when you want to apply yourself towards a new thing or you want to get better at something, uh, really one of the best ways to do it is to just have a deadline and you know, it's got to be firm and you got to make sure that you get everything done at a certain point and then you move on from there. So a deadline is kind of crucial if you're trying to really accomplish something soon. That oh, deadline. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that gives you automatically parameters. First of all, this doesn't have to be Jurassic Park. Like it doesn't right. have to be <laughs> this perfect, beautiful video. It right. has to be out by Monday. Right. That's what it has to be. Yeah. And you know what? I think that we have great training for that as jazz musicians, as pianists, as composers, as artists, because everybody thinks like, oh, the creative process, you have to go out into the woods and just, you know, stay out there writing the great American novel until it's done or writing the great composition. Yeah. And that's not the reality of how actual great art is usually created it's yeah. usually like i got a commission for this or i've got a there's a deadline for, there's a deadline there, always there, a deadline and usually it's a performance it's yep. like learn 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 but it's like the gig's gonna start at a certain time Absolutely. you've agreed to do it yeah and so that's super helpful and but we're also trained for that so it shouldn't be a thing like for me i don't let myself off the hook i can't be like oh well i don't know how to op okay yeah maybe some technical things i don't know that's kind of the easy part because you can like yeah. google it or you can watch a youtube video. you can kind of acquire that but the skill of being able to respond to deadlines some people aren't great at that because they haven't been put in that situation i've been in that situation so many times that i of course i still get like oh but then i'm just like 
let me take a breath and say, I've got a lot of sets and reps with this. Yeah. There's a lot of things I can't do in this world, yeah. but this is something that I can do. And so just because it's a little bit of a different medium, I'm letting myself off the hook if I'm like, oh no, I got to get somebody else to do that. And that's what I used to do. Like you say, you were not wrong. I'd be like, do this. And I mean, I've learned a little bit about you know, audio engineering, and I mean, not nearly as much as you I was. Know. I was being hyperbolic there. You were, yeah. you were not no, but I knew either. nothing before. I, I couldn't even open up Logic or anything. And my thing was like, it wasn't that I was above that, but I was like, that's just not my thing. But now I realize I'm like, I'm a musician, so I'm never going to be able to engineer like a great engineer. I don't need to. Yeah. And I'm blessed to be able to work with great engineers. But the more I know about the process, it's just like I've learned a little bit of drums when I was around because I was interested. I was just trying stuff. Yeah. I never became a great drummer like where I could make a gig. Like Nicholas Payton could play a gig on drums. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Like I couldn't do that, but I learned enough now that it's profited me from playing with drummers. Right. Like I kind of understand that a little bit. Right, right, right. And so, and, and then it just gave me that kind of mentality that I can try some different things. And Ron really inspired me because he's like a total renaissance man. Absolutely. He knows about all these different things and stuff. So I was like, we got to make this happen. But man, for me, the, the real, the takeaway for all of this is that like, if you want to learn a bunch of Monk tunes, book a gig that's billed as yes. your trio plays nothing but Thelonious Monk. Yep. That'll force you to learn a bunch of Monk tunes and you'll remember them too because you totally. had to learn them. If you want to learn how to string arrange, book a recording session with a string quartet. Yes. Before you even have anything written. You've had some gold there. And I would say for these kind of, the, the sort of technical things that you need, and, and look, as musicians, this is super important. Even if it's not, you know, full on video editing or audio editing, it could be like Sibelius. I know, you know, when I first learned Sibelius, I don't know what your experience like. I, I didn't know this thing of like a deadline. My pants are all, my hair is always on fire. <laughs> yeah. As yeah. I'm learning Sibelius. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I kind of did that by accident. I got lucky. So I was, I had to do a bunch of big band arrangements and I had done them before. I had done stuff by hand forever. I was like, you know, I finally got to do this. So I decided like. Wait, who was this for though? This was for, um, this was for Jazz Lincoln Center. Oh, okay. Oh, it was. Or was it? I'm gonna fix that for you right now. Oh no! Oh, you know what? No, no, no. Those were the ones by hand. No, I was. That was way before. Way before. I was doing it on. I mean, like yeah. Finale was out. There was no Sibelius. Oh, that's funny. Finale was out, but yeah, Harry Connick. I did. I did it by hand. I love doing that. Yeah. But it got to the point. Where I was like, you know what? Let me. I was like, if I learn this and I still like doing it better by hand, I could always go back. Yeah. Um. But what I did was, in, and this is a good tip for everybody. Don't say, oh, I've got to learn the skill and then I'll do it on an actual nope. something. Book do it. it. Yeah, trial <laughs> yeah. by fire. Yeah. Book it yeah. and then th make that part of the thing. So I learned it and that forced me to do it within a shorter num amount of time. Because Absolutely. otherwise you're never going to be ready. You're Absolutely, never going to give yourself man. license to say that you're ready. All right. So this next clip is from an episode where Peter and Adam try to explain how to learn tunes fast. So when you're trying to learn anything fast, I think that it's really cool if you just get your mind wrapped around it in the easiest form. And for music, that has to be listening to it. So you cannot just go cold into learning a tune. I mean, I mean, I guess there's some people that can do that. But I personally find that you have to listen to a tune. You have to, like, really get in deep. And that way, when you're first approaching your instrument, when you're getting into that zone, you already have, like, a huge head start because you know what you want to sound like. You know what you're going for. So this last clip is about listening to a tune and having that be your first step towards learning it fast. Today, we're gonna to tell you the secrets to learning tunes fast. Now, you're not talking about learning tunes playing fast, you're <laughs> talking about absorbing tunes in a timely manner. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, the first thing I think is important to absorbing tunes in a timely manner, <laughs> or learning tunes fast, is um, 
And this one's a little bit of a, uh, a cheat in a way because you have to have some preparation before you actually get here. Yeah. But it's by really knowing the tune by ear, away from your instrument. And I mean, like you've listened to it so much, either from a recording or live performances or both, that you already can sing this, the, 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 the song. Like mm -hmm. you can sing the melody, you can hear the chord changes, you know the form, even if you haven't plotted out the form or ever seen the music or anything, it doesn't matter. I mean that you really know it. It's the same way like if you were gonna learn to recite a poem, a poem, is that the way we say it? Poem. Poem, so, <laughs> so eritude of you. Wow. Um, you know, if you wanted to be able to recite any kind of prose, but you'd heard it many times and read it before you even opened up your mouth, you're gonna be in a much better position to be able to learn it. So a lot of times we get excited about learning a tune and all of a sudden we pull out the chart and the music or we'll listen to the recording and try to learn it. But do yourself a favor, listen to it a lot. And you can actually do this pretty fast. I mean, if for a couple of days, you know, you get your headphones on and you're going out for a walk, just listen to the same song over and over again, maybe a couple of different versions, mm -hmm. sing along with it, really absorb it. Then when you sit at your instrument, you're gonna have a big head start. It just makes it so much easier to learn it if you already know it. Exactly. You know what I mean? So even if you don't know it, know it, if you know it in your head and you can sing it and you, you know how the melody goes and you know what the form is before you even sit down at your instrument, I mean, that just, you just saves yourself a ton of, of bandwidth in your brain for learning this tune. Thanks for listening to You'll Hear It. This is the Run It Back series by Caleb Kirby. Now remember, if you like this podcast, it's sponsored by OpenStudioJazz.com, where you're going to find the best content in terms of growing your relationship between you and your instrument. And if you like this podcast, give us a like and subscribe. Until next time, happy practicing. <laughs>